Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being with me, for tuning with me. Let me uh, see what's going on in the radar so far. And um, something interesting uh, caught my attention. Joe Rogan interviewed uh, Dr. Peter McCullen, uh, who tells Joe Rogan that uh, this COVID-19 most likely was uh, premeditated. And um, well, I don't, I don't say this lightly, but I think that was my uh, initial thought from the beginning. So why don't we listen to what uh, Joe Rogan and Dr. Peter McCollum uh, talked about and the evidence that he has? Let's check it out. So you believe this is a premeditated thing that they were doing? So they realized that in order to get people enthusiastic about taking this vaccine the best way to do that was to not have a protocol for treatment it's not just my idea now it's completely laid out by the book by dr pam popper the book recently published by peter bregan uh, covid 19 and the global predators we are the prey i wrote one of the uh, introductions dr leafly and dr vladimir Lysenko wrote the other introductions these books are basically non-fiction they have a thousand citations in the Bregan book showing how it was coordinated and planned. Now Bobby Kennedy has his book out, The Real Anthony Fauci. I'm the most uh, mentioned physician in that book. I can tell you that if you want to find the evidence that Moderna was working on the vaccine before the virus ever emanated out of the lab, if you wanted to find the, the collusions and the operations between the Gates Foundation and Gavi and CEPI and Pfizer and Moderna and the vaccine manufacturers and the Wuhan lab and the National Institutes of Health and Ralph Barrick and University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and how all this was organized. If you want to see the Johns Hopkins planning seminar called the SPARS pandemic in 2017, where they had a symposium, people showed up, they wrote up their symposium findings, they published this. It says it's going to be a coronavirus. It's going to be related to MERS and SARS. It's going to come over here to the United States. It's going to shut down cities and frighten people. There's going to be confusion regarding a drug, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And we're going to utilize all that in order to railroad the population into mass vaccination. It's laid out in the Johns Hopkins SPARS pandemic training seminar. The only thing that got wrong was the year. They said it was going to be 2025. Instead, it landed a few years early. You know, ironically, people like uh, the... Uh... Dr. Flopping Fauci, because that's what he's done, and people like uh, Bill Gates, um, they are some of the people that have brought this idea of vaccination to the world. So it's very interesting chat that Rogan has with this doctor about what is the main objective of these companies. The company's objective is to sell. And if they had a plan, and you know, it's very parallel of these studies coming to pass and these people talking about it and talking about the next pandemic, you know, because that's what they've been saying. I'm not bringing you something new. I'm bringing some refreshness of the chats that they had. You know what is the protocol what's going to happen and uh, you know ideally uh, these companies knew was coming because if these companies knew was coming they wanted to not assert anybody not protect anybody if this happens well now we understand 
that these companies uh, have become top billionaires, billions of dollars have flown through these companies. And I always say this, you know, just follow the money. You see what's going on. But uh, um, if they knew that, now what is interesting to know, it's how the CDC now is flip-flopping on um, what their guidance are. Because you know that uh, they've been first 14 days if you are positive and now it's five days so uh, you know this is quite of an interesting uh, thing that is happening to all of us so the way I see this is you gotta live with this virus forever because it's not gonna go away um, I knew this uh, from a little bit of time ago that you know that what they got to do now is is live with it but uh, what they're doing also is pushing the population to buy this to to inject yourself with this and the data has uh, given us information and the information is bringing to us now is basically that they don't work and to top it off they don't work like they claim they're supposed to work. It also, um, I believe now it's about 10% of the population that taking this vaccine is being affected by it, by this vaccine. I'm going to bring a little of audio of, of some um, lady that had daughter got affected by this vaccine because it was an initial trial but now that initial trial they made it a mandate uh, which I don't believe is good at all because there's a percentage of the population get affected and affected in the worstest ways even death and so you know let's pay attention and, and, and hear what she has to say about what's going on to her daughter. Um, hi, my name is Stephanie DeGary, um, and this is my daughter Maddie. Um, when she was 12 years old, uh, she participated in the Pfizer COVID vaccine trial for 12 to 15 year olds at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. This is the first trial any of my kids have ever been in. I never had considered ever putting them in a trial before, but this seemed like, you know, when they asked if they could be in it, it seemed like a win-win, you know. So it's been over nine months since she got her second dose. She can't walk. She's in a wheelchair. She has an NG tube for all of her nutrition. She has constant pain in her stomach, back and neck. She was over there laying on chairs because she can't make it through this. She can't feel her legs. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. When she got her first dose, her reaction was typical. She had fever, body aches, and fatigue, and it went away in a couple days. When she got her second dose, she had immediate pain where she had gotten the injection. And the first thing she told me when she, because her dad took her, was that that didn't happen. That, that hurt way more than the first time. Like, 
enough to point it out. In less than 12 hours, she developed severe abdominal pain, horrible nausea, painful electric shocks on her spine and neck. Her hands were ice cold when you touched them. She had, um, and on her feet, pain all over her body. Um, her vaccine arm went numb. And I'm finding more and more stuff. Is what I, I, you forget stuff because so much has happened to her. Um, like as I read through things, I, I keep redocumenting everything. Um, she had chest pain, severe chest pain. The way she described it, it felt like it was being her heart was being pulled out of her neck. Tachycardia that was actually seen on an EKG, um, and she was extremely dizzy. So she felt like she couldn't stand up. So those were her reactions. I just want to walk through, give you everybody a, little, and a better idea of what happens in a trial because I did not know. My kids have never been in a trial before. So I went in trusting the drug companies, the FDA, CDC, the hospital where the trial was held, Cincinnati Children's, a very reputable hospital. So when you enter the trial, um, everybody uses a trial app and there are slides and, and they'll be available later so that you can see more detail. It's called TrialMax and they log the reaction for seven days after each dose, that's it. The app only allows you to record solicited adverse events like fever, redness, injections, sight pain, swelling, headache, vomiting, and other typical expected reactions. That is it. And you do, you say mild, moderate, severe. Severe means that you had to go to the ER. You record your fever, like the actual amount, and. Um, the swelling. So that's all the detail. There's no free form at all to fill in any other reaction that you have beyond the typical non-serious adverse events other than anaphylaxis shock. Um, so I want to point out that this uh, was brought by a senator, uh, Senator Gerard uh, Gerard um, Rennick, and um, you don't hear this in the media. You have to dig to see what's going on. The media are not showing you information like this. It's very unfortunate that this lady and her daughter are going through it. The whole family, I should say, but they're not the only ones. I've got to mind you this. They're not the only ones going through a problem like this. This senator is completely against uh, vaccinating kids. And let me read something. He says, um, young children should not be vaccinated with drugs. They have been subject to long-term testing in adults and are proven to be safe. And... A drug company should not be trusted to carry out trials on their own drug given the inherent conflict of interest. I agree with that. Health bureaucrats need to be better qualified assurance around drug testings and politicians need to hold health bureaucrats to account or accountable for their failures to detect adverse events 
from vaccines. Serious questions need to be asked as to why Pfizer has not recorded Maddie's injuries or any of the other um, injuries or patients, I should say. No, this is one of hundreds of cases. And why, instead of being mandated, instead of having mandates, why are the government not pushing to investigate this? Instead, they give these companies free will. Oh, and by the way, these companies knowingly well, because we know this, they're not good, okay? They're not good, number one. When initially this started, they said it was going to be preventing COVID-19. But that's not true. I have somebody in my family got vaccinated and they recently got COVID. And now they want you to get boosted. In Europe, it's three instead of two. You need to be boosted. So a fourth one's going to be coming. And there's medical experts saying and trying to talk about against it. Saying, no, people should not be boosting. It's going to be in a contraindication against their bodies. These companies are not for the best interest of you. Also mentioned that I am not against vaccines. I am against a product that does not work and painted as it works. Like you have seen it now. You are seeing it with your own eyes. So coming next year, the population in most cases, in most countries, it's over 50% vaccinated. But we're not hearing cases like this one. That a young girl is being affected or a male or a female, in many cases paralyzed, they can't walk anymore. Or they have very adverse reactions if a drug was to be doing something like that it should have been eliminated in the 100 cases now these companies are making a ton of money and the CEOs these companies are saying yeah you need a booster no I don't agree with that it's not good for your health I gotta be the voice to bring it up and say no, don't, don't do that. Just really, don't do it because it's not gonna be good for your health. And I'm not a medical expert, but I can see the science and I can see the data that is coming out. And I don't want to be the ten percent. I don't want to be the twenty percent, eighty percent. There's commercials out there inciting you with guilt to push you into getting vaccinated you know well you can read the data that's coming out why do you need a third and a fourth why 
And why? Because they're not working. But while a train is going, why not make more money? And that's from the company's perspective. You know, there's commercials that come out and telling you the side effects of every drug. Do you see any side effects of these vaccines? They're not telling you. MRNAs is the new COVID-19 uh, vaccines. They're not the same as the regular flu. And is not good for the population. If it, if 1% is affected, it should be eliminated. Now, we're beyond the 1%. We're at 10% at a minimum and is ramping up. Because they're asking the population to be vaccinated. That's why you can see Australia, France, all over Europe. Uh, there's here in the United States. There's uh, rallies against it. No. Why do we have to get a passport? Why do we have to be vaccinated? It doesn't work. It does not work. I'm against a product that doesn't work. Why am I being forced to take it? The idea was that by taking it, you were not going to get COVID-19. But it seems to me that by taking it, you're actually going to get the COVID-19 and the other variants. So what does that tell you? It tells you, or it tells me, number one, that your immune is compromised, your immune system. That's what it's telling me. You can think and you have your own opinion. But I always say to you guys, Put one and one together and assure yourself what's coming out out of these companies is greed by pushing people to be vaccinated. You have the right to do whatever you want. It's just my opinion here. And if people with higher credibility than mine, with millions of viewers, are saying no to the vaccine. I am saying no to the vaccine because the data is telling me it's not good. So, also, because if by taking it, you're still going to get it. My God, why you take it? It's a risk. On your own health. Great saying. If the medicine is going to cost more than the sickness, then why get the medicine? Look, again, it's your own choice. And look at the data. I would hate for somebody to be affected by this vaccines. That... I don't know why they're being approved by the CDC. Well, the FDA. Well, I know why, because they're in bed with them. You know, I've actually talked about this too. To show you another doctor, Dr. Um, 
John Campbell, he's from England, who has interviews um, people, they have, um, you know, side effects of these vaccines. And this is Kyle. And um, anyhow, I want you to listen to what his reaction is. So let's check it out. Okay, well, today we're talking to, to Kyle. And uh, where are you, Kyle, at the moment, actually? Um, I'm actually in Boise, Idaho. Idaho, okay. So so that's kind of getting top left-down corner, is it? Yeah, it is. It's like the last kind of Pacific Northwest state, I guess you could say, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Washington State. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> right, now, it, um, we have to let people decide whether they want to watch this video or not. So what's kind of the bottom line on this video, Kyle? Why are we here? Um, so I'm a professional mountain bike racer, and I was vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine in yeah. June of 2021. That was my second dose, and I had a pretty bad adverse reaction. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of going through the timeline, telling people what my experience was, and then also sharing some resources for uh, other vaccine injured people. Yeah, I'm actually going to be heading to Washington D.C. in November, November 2nd, to go speak in front of you know politicians and try to just make a little difference in the support level for vaccine injured people, yeah. and then also you know, speak about vaccine mandates, because I believe where there is risk, there needs to be choice. Yes, good, excellent. And of course, we're going to put links to all of all of that. So so that's what this video is about. So take us back to the to the start of this, Carl. You, you, you're a famous mountain biker, aren't you? You've got a mountain bike. <laughs> no, you are. You, you, you mean you've got mountain bike websites and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're in April, do all sorts of mountain bike stuff. So you, you're, you're a really fit guy, basically. Yeah, I was actually um, a professional racer for many years. I'm 29 years old. Yeah, and I've been a professional racer since I was 18. Had the first Pfizer vaccine. When when was that, Kyle? What's the timeline? Um, so that would have been the middle of May. That, that so would that have been May. May. Yeah. yeah, middle of May was my first dose. And yeah. um, everything went pretty normal first dose. You know, I had a sore arm the next couple of days. No big deal. And then our second dose was June 10th. Um, mm -hmm. the, the reason we had got vaccinated was, you know, to be able to travel with our channel this year. We were going to try to travel internationally and just meet up with a, different, a bunch of different friends and sponsors along the way. So it was kind of a must-have to travel at that point. June 10th was my second dose. Um, my girlfriend, April, got vaccinated at that same time, and she had you know same reaction as the first time with the sore arm. And then for me, it was a little bit interesting because as soon as they kind of injected it, I had a weird um, metallic or like saline taste in my mouth develop. And I kind of asked the guy, hey, is that normal? He's like, no, I don't really hear of that much. So it was really interesting. Like, I wonder what that was, you know? And then um, a day or two later, I didn't really develop the sore arm either. And so I was like, huh, this one's no big deal. I guess the second dose is a lot easier than the first. And then about two weeks later, I started to have some weird, um, just kind of reactions with my heart. And so what was happening to me is throughout the day, I could just be standing there or sitting there and I would just have these weird flushes of like really high heart rate and kind of almost like an anxiety attack. How did your heart rate was high, Kyle? What, what happened? Um, I wear a Garmin watch, so oh, I have like a Garmin watch. I track all of my sleep and everything, and so I was pretty on top of it. And I noticed my resting heart rate went from you know low 50s up to like 60ish, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then my um, heart rate throughout the day, when I would have those kind of moments, it was kind of in the 90s to 100, just sitting there, and that's not very normal for me. So I was pretty cognizant of it, and right away I just cut out all stimulants. So no caffeine, no, you know, try to reduce everything just to cut out stimulants because I thought maybe there's just something weird happening. And then we actually, I took two weeks off completely of like riding, doing anything because I felt kind of crappy. And then we went for a bike ride about two weeks after that. And um, yeah, on the bike ride, 
started out normal. I was feeling a little bit kind of iffy, just lightheaded a little bit. And I went on the bike ride and my heart rate kind of went up on the start of a climb. We climbed for maybe five minutes. My heart rate got up to like 160 and then it wouldn't come down no matter what I did. And it just felt like I was going to throw up and I felt just really weak. And I was actually with a friend, um, his name's Bill and he's in his forties and he just looked at me, he, he grabbed my shoulder. He's like, you're going to the hospital. You look like you're going to die. And so I was like, okay. So we were in Sun Valley, Idaho, which is two hours away from Boise. So I drove, we drove back to Boise. Um, the whole time, those two hours, my heart rate never went below 135. And it just stayed up for two hours and got home. I couldn't even really walk out of the car to like get dressed because we had biking clothes on. So I got dressed. I was at 150, 160 heart rate, just trying to walk around the house. And then I went to the hospital and I told them, hey, I know this is weird. I just read about the you know myocarditis, pericarditis with the mRNA vaccines. I think I might be having this reaction. And they basically just said, no, you're not. Like he literally said, no, you're not. That's very rare. You're having an anxiety attack. Like I'll admit you, but you're not a priority right now. So I sat in the waiting room for like three and a half hours, just sitting there, like holding my heart, like, oh, you know, this, know this, was a, this was a doctor, Kyle, was it? It was at the emergency room, um, at a hospital in Boise called St. Alphonsus. Yeah, and so it, was a, it was a doctor that told you were having a panic attack. Yeah, exactly. And then I told him, hey, I, I'm not, <laughs> you know, like I know my body, this isn't normal. Something's happening. And all of the side effects I'm having are in correlation with the side effects I read about. Because I think the day prior to this big instance is when the World Health Organization did an official warning. Um, so I was kind of just paying attention to that, you know. And then I told him, hey, this is what's happening. He said, no, you're not. I was in the hospital for a few hours. They actually gave me a big shot of Toradol, um, which is an anti-inflammatory because I was having like the reactive arthritis as well. And so he gave me a huge shot of Toradol and it brought everything down. And my heart rate went from like 130 to 110. And he pointed out the thing. He's like, look, you're doing better. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Still so double your normal, isn't it? More than. Yeah. I'm like, dude, my average heart rate is like 55 to 60. So this is double. I don't know what you're used to seeing but um, this isn't normal for me and uh yeah he just told me i'm going to recommend you to a psychiatrist i think you're having a psychotic episode and just sent me on my way yeah because he's like he thought that i was imagining things and and basically trying to be like anti-vax or conspiracy theorist because of the way that i just said hey i think this is vaccine related um and at that time they hadn't seen any at that hospital yet to my knowledge and so they sent me home um, I had a lot of people reach out to me because I had kind of shared, hey, this is what's going on with me. Um, I got access to ivermectin, and I started to take that right away just because I heard a lot of people say, hey, this might kind of hold the spike proteins hostage and just arrest the um, reaction that you're having. So I started taking that. It helped a lot. It like basically stopped my symptoms from getting worse. I didn't get a lot better, but it just like put a placeholder on it. And then um, I ended up in the hospital four days later. For a second time, I went to a different hospital this time, <laughs> and uh, I had a really, really strong squeeze on my heart, like it just cramped and then just started burning kind of uncontrollably. And uh, yeah, is this was, was it severe, quite severe pain you had? Yeah, it was scary because we actually were trying to. It was the first time I'd been out of the house in a few days from that first ER visit, and we were at the grocery store, and I was just trying to get a little bit of food, and I was like walking super slow, and I grabbed some fruit and I was putting it in a bag. And then my heart cramped and I just like dropped everything and just grabbed it and was like, talked to April, my girlfriend and said, Hey, this isn't good. Like we're, we're going to the hospital again. Um, and yeah, this time they actually believed me and said, Hey, it could be this, you know, this is possible and let's investigate it as 
as if it is this. And so they referred me to a cardiologist and I was diagnosed with pericarditis. And also um, I developed POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, um, as well as the reactive arthritis that I've been dealing with. So the arthritis came on after the injection as well, did it? Yeah. And it was weird because um, being a mountain biker, you know, I've had a lot of injuries and crashes along the year, over the years. And so yeah. it almost felt like all of my old injuries were reactivated. So I broke my SI joint a long time ago. Both sides of my SI joint were like excruciating pain. I couldn't even get up out of bed in the morning. And then both my ankles, both my wrists, like my wrists were so bad, I couldn't even put my seatbelt on. So I had to have April help me put my seatbelt on. And then um, it's gotten a little bit better over the past few weeks, but I'm been supplementing with like some black seed oil and that's what people have been telling me to really use is the black seed oil kind of blocks the um, ACE2 receptors so that's been helping a lot and yeah every time we just start throwing supplementation at it and try to really mitigate the spike protein reaction which is what I believe is happening um, then it really helps a lot but I can overdo it so easy and just like relapse right away so it's kind of scary. So this started 10th the 10th of June two weeks after that so this is June, July, August, September, October. So four months now you've been really quite ill. Yeah, four months. I haven't really been able to work um, as far as, you know, even doing videos and whatnot because it's really interesting. But even like mental energy, if I have too much mental energy, so sitting and doing emails and stuff, I can actually relapse my physical reaction. So I think there's been three or four times where I've felt really great. And I kind of told April in the morning, like, oh, I think I'm I think I'm better. And, you know, I get excited and then either I overdo it physically just by like running errands or even if I try to like start editing a video or something, then the next day I'll just be kind of in pain for a few days and in bed again. Now you kind of wiped out with the effort. Yeah. And it sucks that it's mental effort as well, because it's like no matter what I try to do, even if I like read and I read too much of a book or something, the next day I'll just be like so drained. So I feel like very, um, I just feel so worthless. And I told April, like, I'm so sorry that this happened so many times because we had all these plans and then, you know, this will happen. And I basically just been kind of worthless for four months. Now, Kyle says something very interesting. Um, he gave, um, the medicine ivermectin that helped him to cite, uh, or re reduce his side effects of this vaccines. But, um, he's still affected by it. Uh, some days is good and some days is bad. So, the population, uh, some of them are not aware because they're following the media and the media are not telling you anything. Why is it? I don't know. I have no idea. But I want you to be aware of what's going on. And why is it that I'm bringing this information to you so that you can be aware of it? Somebody just says something. I have to be the voice. And I want to make sure that you are aware there is side effects and they're very bad side effects, not mild side effects. If you're the ones that took the vaccine and have no side effects, congratulations. I'm glad nothing happened. But if you are somebody that got affected by it, please let me know. I'd like to talk to you. Send me an email. Let's chat what is going on and let's get information, let's get help for everybody that has got affected for this. Um, I would like to thank you for being with me through this whole 
year um, and uh, we gain momentum thanks to all of you uh, I have over 2,000 people now and um, it's important to to see that people that listens to me they listen because I think I have something important to say and I want to be that voice it has taken me a little while to put this out because I've been on vacation and I just came back and I needed to put this together and get information together so you guys can be alert of what's going on open your eyes please and uh, don't buy don't buy on anything the media is saying I'll be trying to put more content and be able to put more information that is related to what's happening affecting everyday life Till next year, um, now because we're I'm doing this podcast uh, the last uh, 12:30, well December 30th, 2021, the last one of the year, and I want you to uh, wish you a happy new year and happy holidays to all of you. Till next year, thank you for being with me. Bye bye.